A reading from Genesis. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and set them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Jacob, said, Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. So instead of focusing on the feeding of the 5,000 for the sermon itself, I instead want to focus on the first reading which is the Old Testament reading of Jacob wrestling with God. The concept of wrestling with God that we see in Genesis is more familiar to those who are Jewish as opposed to those who are Christian. Somehow it's become this idea that that if we wrestle with God, it demonstrates a lack of trust, and it means to doubt or to question God. And sometimes it seems like we hear across the radio waves or the TVs or by reading news online that we seem to have this push towards an unfailing trust in God. You just need to trust, then everything will be okay. Sometimes it's hard to trust that God is there when you're hurting. And by simply saying trust and whenever, it doesn't fully encompass the reality of our world, where our faith is challenged and changed on a daily basis when we encounter it. When you encounter those who seek to harm you or your loved ones, those that say things mean. It's hard. And sometimes our trust does fall short. So what exactly happens when our trust does fall short? What about the times we're unable to find the trust that a lot of people seem to display? What happens when we are so so caught up in in the messiness of being human that we're unable to have this trust? Oftentimes we lose trust and faith when we're struggling with losses, a loss of a relationship or a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one to death, A loss is anything that causes us grief. Through this grief, questions boil to the surface, and they can sometimes make us doubt. Questions about where God is when we are hurting, or when a loved one is hurting. Where God is when we are unable to see the end of the tunnel 
of our own pain or another's. We start to doubt our trust, and we start to doubt our faith. And ultimately, we start to doubt God. We always hear how Thomas was the doubter in the Gospels. Doubting, don't be a doubting Thomas. The one who always asked questions. The one who didn't always understand. To be a doubter in today's mainstream Christianity is often viewed as bad. And it's bad to have doubts. And it's bad to ask questions. You are looked down on in some circles. You, have, you are told you just need a little bit more faith. And if you had it, everything would be fine. You would never be asking where God is when you're hurting. Our interactions with God, like Jacob's, was aren't always going to be easy. We will walk away limping when we're asking where God is when God seems absent. And God can feel absent in a lot of different places. Places where we are struggling to come to terms with the changes occurring around us and the untidiness of humanity shows. Whether that be a cruel word from a person, an argument with a loved one, or the deep-seated distrust in today's world where love is not the primary objective of our lives, but advancement of self is the center of our lives. Where is God when everything around us seems to be going wrong? An example of that is the political situation. I'm not going to take sides on whether which side you should be on, but rather it's a discussion of the division that has happened within our world. Where is God when people are being killed or people are being dismissed? Where is God when things don't seem to make sense? This concept of having enough faith will make God be there, and it means that we'll never have problems, is not true. We are not called to an unquestioning faith. Theologian Paul Tillich states that doubt isn't the opposite of faith. It is an element of faith. To doubt and to ask questions in times of uncertainty, to wrestle with God, is an action that helps us to build faith long term. For in the doubts and in the questions are where we meet Jesus. Just as Jacob wrestled and met God when he didn't expect to, when we ask our questions, we see Jesus, because Jesus is the center of it all. We can find trust in the roughest places in our life in God when we ask questions about the world and about our lives. And Jesus is the center and the ultimate answer to all of our questions. When our love fails and our faith fails, God's does not. The cross where the word incarnate as Jesus was crucified and where Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The cross is where the word incarnate experienced the turmoil we are exposed to on a daily basis. The cross is where God has met us, where we were through Jesus. This cross means that even though our doubts and our questions, and no matter what, God is still there. Even if we don't think God is there, or if God feels absence, absent, God is there. Even times when we pray for something to happen, 
and it doesn't. Truly, doubt and faith and wrestling with God are not separate but one. Without digging in and attempting to answer the questions that are sometimes unanswerable in our chaotic world, we are unable to enter into a deeper relationship with God. Through the crucifixion and the scriptures, we are invited into this deeper relationship and being unwilling to enter into the gray area of the unknown, we will never form an unmoral understanding of relationship with God. So when Jacob wrestled with God, he didn't know what was happening, but God blessed him, just as God blesses every single one of us through his saving actions. And when we bring all of who we are, our angers, our fears, our frustrations, into the relationship with God, it shows a trust in that relationship. And it actually strengthens the relationship, even if it means we come out limping a little bit, like Jacob did. When we bring our whole selves to God, we see our relationship with God in a different light. A light of understanding and compassion. A light of love and willingness to enter into our world through Jesus. These are the lives we seek, we see after asking the questions, after voicing our doubts, after wrestling with God, after feeling alone and isolated from God during our times of grief. This is the benefit of doubts, and this is the benefit of questions. It's a relationship with God. And it's not something shameful to be called a doubter such as Thomas was, because it means you are seeking to fully understand the one who saved us. And the one who saved us can multiply bread, like we heard in the gospel lesson, but however it means more. It's a great miracle. The miracle of the crucifixion is just like the miracle of the multiplying of the bread and the fish. Oftentimes we will feel doubt associated with there being enough. Our world is in this idea right now of scarcity over abundance. So it's hard to hear that God will provide. But even though we all may doubt and we all may struggle, it doesn't change that there is a miracle that occurred on the cross. And that will always be there, regardless of what you feel.